A new name has surfaced in the offensive coordinator search. How do you feel about it? Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Everything's good. Uh, seven months, by the way, as we record this, seven months until Alabama kicks off against Middle Tennessee State from today. Time for you to start doing that, huh? Uh, yeah, it is. The countdown. So, several different countdowns. I'm counting down to spring practice. I'm counting down to fall camp, and I'm counting down to the season. It's just a countdown palooza starting today. Um, I want to thank you for making us your first listen. You are the best, whoever you are. And um, also, I want to thank FanDuel for being the sponsor of this particular podcast. We'll talk about FanDuel in a minute. You can see them down at the bottom if you're watching on YouTube. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Um, Jimmy, a new name has serviced in the offensive coordinator search. Ryan Grubb is, is out. And Tommy Rees from Notre Dame, former Notre Dame quarterback, who was, um, you know, I guess you'd call him gritty, gutty, heady, a coach's dream, you know, all those cliches when he was a quarterback at Notre Dame. Um, and he is his name is now surfaced in terms of could he be Alabama's next offensive coordinator? Uh, it has been met with mixed reviews. It does Saban give a darn about those reviews? I'm sure yeah. not. No. Um, I would say this people that keep pointing to uh, his underwhelming performance at Notre Dame, and I think that's fair to say. I would also go so far as to say he didn't have Alabama's talent. Notre Dame, um, you know, they, they were also uh, under a new coaching staff, under a totally new regime. So I feel like there was probably some growing pains there. I'm not against the hire. It's probably – he's probably not my first on the list either. Um, I'm falling in that gray area, and uh, I'm, I'm in a mode of got to trust Saban here. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, Saban, uh, hugely. I mean, he's one. I mean, how many championships does Nick have to win before we go? Hey, you know what? Let's let him do this. Uh, he seems to. He seems to be okay at this. He seems to sort of know what he's doing. Maybe we should just listen to him and not have our own uh, uneducated opinions rule the day. But maybe Nick's. So there's that. Um, look, I, you know, I, I have you know, of course, my own opinion on, on Tommy Reese. Uh, you know both positive and, and, and maybe, maybe some that would be viewed as negative or question marks, but here's a few positives before anybody wants to jump off a ledge over this, which is crazy. Um, for one thing, his age is a positive to me. I like hiring coaches that are on their way up in the profession. And that's a great, um, uh, description of Tommy Reese. Uh, he's on his way up. He only turns 31 years old this year. Very young. So young. In fact, Tommy Reese was a backup quarterback on that 2012 Notre Dame team that, uh, that Alabama beat real bad down in Miami. Uh, Reese, uh, you know, was a quarterback at Notre Dame that recently starting quarterback at Notre Dame, I believe in 2013, uh, and 2014, uh, I believe, or at least one of those seasons. But, 
so very young. Uh, here's the main reason that I'm excited. And this is something some of y'all will disagree. And, and that's, fi that's fine. I appreciate y'all listening to the show and just, just uh, understanding, you know, or, or wanting to know my opinion before you disagree with it. But my opinion about this, I, I think quite a bit of Brian Kelly. Uh, I, I think Brian Kelly is not only a good football coach, he's very smart, uh, and he's been winning uh, a long time. Brian Kelly loved Tommy Reese as a coach. Uh, he hired him uh, to be a very young QB coach. He hired him to do that. After he was QB coach for three years, he promoted him to offensive coordinator. So he was an extremely young offensive coordinator for a Notre Dame. And then when Brian Kelly got the job at LSU, he wanted to bring Tommy Reese with him to LSU as his offensive coordinator. So Brian Kelly thinks the world of Tommy Reese and is ready to put his own careers, uh, his own career in Tommy Reese's hands by ha having him in such a huge position and, and wanting him at LSU. Uh, Tommy Reese, because he's full of Notre Dame, uh, played there. I think his dad works there. Uh, he, he chose to stay at Notre Dame and not go to LSU and became one of the highest paid offensive coordinators in college football this past season, uh, working with Marcus Freeman. So those are all reasons I like this. Uh, B, uh, as everybody that listens to the show knows, I, I believe in, in being more physical on offense and having a bigger commitment to running the ball. Uh, I believe Tommy Reese is absolutely going to do that at Alabama, should he be the higher. Uh, I'm excited about that aspect of it. So for all of those reasons, uh, I would be like on board. And if Nick Saban makes Tommy Reese his choice and, and Tommy Reese accepts and he becomes the offensive coordinator, I will be excited about it for those reasons. Now, there's also some negatives. Uh, uh, oh, oh, I forgot to mention a huge, a huge positive. He won. He's a winner. You know, when you look at his time as, as OC at Notre Dame with Brian Kelly as the head coach, they won. They won. They made the playoffs. They, they're, they're, they're a big winner, Brian Kelly plus Tommy Reese, and I think Nick Saban's better than Brian Kelly. So I think Tommy Nick Saban plus Tommy Reese, probably a big winner too. So that's another reason to like that. But uh, negatives, uh, you know, is it fair uh, to, to say his personality? I mean, he's uh, – let me choose a word. Abrasive? everybody saw the clip of him cussing out his quarterback drew pine last year on twitter i think that's uh that wasn't a one-off for him i think that's sort of who tommy is all the time and that's fine to me it's fine if you're elite if you can back it all up to me it's like being a mouthy player fine if you back it up you know uh secondly if you look at the numbers at notre dame considering the quality of player that notre dame recruits I think it's fair to look at their offensive numbers and not be blown away by the production. Uh, I, I think that's fair. Um, so anyway, Jim, that's my take on Tommy Reese. Yeah. And, and in terms of being abrasive, look, first of all, I mean, Nick Saban's abrasive. Yes. I mean, he yes. is the, he is the scouring pad of the college football world. I mean, he's very abrasive and um so Tommy Reese, I'm, I'm cool with, I'm like you, if you're elite and you're abrasive, so be it. But also I'd say this, that to, to really be abrasive and be accepted, I think you have to sort of be a, a 
bit of an underdog that came up versus a guy that just had all the talent in the world, you know, and um, just is better than everybody. So he's like, why can't you be like me? And they're like, well, you have gifts from God. I think Tommy Reese is the kind of guy who did sort of work his way up a little bit. I mean, I don't remember him as a recruit, but I, he was I a guess three-star. I could try- Huh? He wasn't. He wasn't a uh, big name prospect. Yeah, he wasn't a big name prospect. I, I knew that. I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't remember yeah. him. So I'm saying I think people take abrasive communication better from those who have worked their tails off to get where they are, versus abrasive communication from people who were who were, you know, born on third base, think they hit a triple, or are so much better than everybody in terms of talent that like they would have to screw it up to not be better than people. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I think it's fair if you're um if you want to be abrasive if you've if you've number one can walk the walk and number two if you've understand what it what it means to work hard. So uh I want to tell everybody about FanDuel right now, Jimmy. You know we all love FanDuel around here. They're our new sports betting partner with Locked On. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner, and that is FanDuel. Uh, they're the number one sports book in America. No, Not messing around there. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download, download, download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. My gosh. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. You you can – I mean, I love the Eagles here in this game. That's who I'd bet on. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid instantly. That is huge. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. The NFL, they're pretty good. All right, Jimmy, I also want to tell everybody about uh, the Senior Bowl. You know that's going on right now. Locked on is heading to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from the host that covered the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing, all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft. That's Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So tonight's your last night. Check out Locked On NFL Draft. Jimmy, um, High Tide Traditions, the NIL Collective for Alabama, they're out. Yay, Alabama, the new NIL Collective for Alabama is in my understanding is there is a 15 year contract between yay Alabama, which has some kind of tie in with Learfield. Um, I don't know all the specifics and, um, and, and Alabama and Alabama comes out very well in this scenario. Um, Frankly, I'm still not sure. And I don't know that anybody really knows what all of this means. I, I think there's still so much that is uh, ambiguous when it comes to NIL and collectives. But it seems to me, and, and I had some connections to high tide traditions. And so I was, I loved hearing some of the stories. Um, I certainly won't, can't repeat everything. But uh, it's, it's, this whole thing is so bizarre, all this NIL stuff. So 
I think what it reminds me of, and I'm, nobody's going to get this because I'm sort of a nerd and I watch it every time it comes on. Avengers Age of Ultron is probably the worst Avengers movie, but I enjoy watching it because it's still a Marvel movie and I usually like Marvel movies. There's one scene in there where Ultron is talking to uh, Scarlett Johansson, the Black Widow, and like in the middle of it, he said, whatever kills you doesn't make you stronger. And in that moment, another Ultron comes behind him and destroys that robot and it's a bigger robot, and this is showing like, okay, I've gone from this guy to this even better guy, but I have the same collective mind, and I feel like this is what this is. Yay, Alabama has come in and taken over for high tide traditions, which set the foundation and did a marvelous job. Let's point this out. Um, under high tide traditions, watch. Alabama signed its best football class in history and its best basketball class in history. Yep, that, that's an in, indisputable. So high tide traditions did their job, no doubt about it. I mean, kudos. But I think that now that this thing is maybe beginning to morph into having some some at least guardrails from somewhere, um, I think that it is better that you get something that has a longer contract, that has um, uh, maybe the backing of something like a Learfield, Right. Jimmy, help me out here because I, yeah. I'm trying to understand. I, I feel like Yay Alabama is High Tide Traditions 2.0, and I do feel like it can be better, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, High Tide Traditions gave us the best basketball and football recruiting classes in our history, so I'm, I'm there too. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'll look at it like this. Uh, I think the best way to – okay, there's a brand-new industry. There's a brand-new thing in town. There's a brand-new thing. So a mom and pop store opens because it's a brand new thing. And we know mom and pop and they love the town and they're going to do all they can to serve the town and the people of the town. They work very hard because they love the town and the mom and pop store is outstanding. It does a great job. Everybody in town is like going and, 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 the, and then this industry is exploding nationally and nationwide and the industry is growing and, and basically it just outgrew the mom and pop store. So what's happened is Walmart has come in and they basically not, not put mom and pop out of business. They've actually consumed mom and pop to the point where mom and pop's happy. Like, I, Oh, thank goodness. Walmart's here because we need Walmart. We need what this is big. We need Walmart. We need that. Y'all have a corporate office in Arkansas and a thousand stores and this huge makeshift. We, we need Walmart and uh, mom and pop will be just fine because uh, uh, Walmart took over everything and, and, and mom and pop are happy. So uh, I, I think it's kind of that situation. It's just bigger, better, and more expansive. By the way, Alabama doesn't like referring to yay Alabama as a collective. Alabama refers to at yay Alabama as Alabama's official NIL entity. Uh, I don't know if it'll have a name going forward like that, but that's how Alabama, for whatever reason, feels collective has a negative connotation to it now. Um, and, well, and I mean, Jimmy, yeah. I want everybody to call me He-Man. Nobody's going to do it. <laughs> I think people will still call it collective because it's the name that's out there that's in the industry. But the University of Alabama's preference is this is an NIL entity. Uh, it is it is officially associated with Alabama, unlike High Tide which was especially at the end, but uh, this is Alabama. And uh, I believe they will even have a headquarters on campus 
uh, in the stadium next to the authentic, uh, which is also going to expand uh, beyond all this, as Alabama is now, put it this way, high tide was Alabama walking with NIL. Yay, Alabama is Alabama running with NIL. All right, I do. I'll say this though. I like the name High Tide better. Yeah, I don't like the Alabama. I mean, I get it because I think everybody that's an Alabama fan gets it because Yay, Alabama's the song, right? But I, I liked High Tide. I agree. And, and it, I'm with you, Luca. Alabama and Alabama fans owe uh, High Tide traditions a big thanks. They not only kept, they didn't just keep Alabama afloat in the new world. Alabama was doing really well. It just, blown up into we need walmart we do definitely indeed they always need walmart uh jimmy let's go ahead that arkansas literally (laughs) that's that's their literal nil plan right it is they're just walmart help us out bro um okay let's go ahead and take another break when we come back are just some final recruiting thoughts and a few odd and end things so jimmy um Signing day came and went, or the second signing day, whatever. It used to be Christmas Day. It's not anymore. It kind of sucks. Um, but uh, Alabama still finishes with number one class by a pretty wide margin, actually. Uh, Georgia number two. Um, gosh, was it was it LSU three? So Another – who was three? Well, regardless, maybe I, – I can't remember. I'll look it up real quick. But um, regardless – uh, the SEC, if you if you want to include, and I think it's fair to include Texas and Oklahoma. Now, actually, it was Texas three and Oklahoma four and LSU six. So five of the six teams that will be in the SEC probably by 2024, because I'm thinking Texas and Oklahoma get in by then. I agree. Are, are um have have or have the top recruiting classes? That's amazing, and. Um, so I, I just the beat goes on. Uh, the any surprises from yesterday? I mean, it's not really a surprise, but Nicholas Harbor, who I adore. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just thought he, oh God, he's so. I mean, he's just he reminds me of like even a more athletic Kendrick Blackshire. Uh, Kendrick Blackshire, I remember you just saw him. I was like, okay, I don't know what he can play. I have no idea of how his hips are, what is how skinny his ankles are. I don't care. I've seen the picture of him. Let's sign him and figure out who he can beat up. And Nicholas Harbor is the same way, except here's the thing with Nicholas Harbor. He can also outrun you. He is like a world-class sprinter. He's amazing. And he goes to South Carolina – and again, kudos to uh, Shane Beamer. I mean, great job. They had a marvelous class. And uh, so he spurned uh, Oregon for them. And then Jaden Rashada, who uh, had a lot of drama with his quarterback situation at Florida, he decides to go to Arizona State where his dad played, where my son is right now. And um, so that's pretty cool. Those are only two things I can think of from National Signing Day that, that really caused any stir. Yeah, those are good uh, storylines. I love the Nick, Nicholas Harbor is one of my favorite prospects this 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 uh, cycle. Uh, he had no interest in Alabama. That's fine. You know, to me, he wasn't a great fit. Uh, and by that, I mean personality wise. That doesn't mean I don't love the kid. I, I I think he's 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 really unique. I'm not surprised at all. He ended up at a South Carolina in the sense that Nicholas Harbor was such a unique prospect. It only makes sense he would end up at a place that would that one of the best five-star prospects and, and an unreal 
athlete wouldn't end up at Alabama or Ohio State or Georgia or Clemson. He chose South Carolina. And, and, and while that makes no sense on the surface, Nicholas Harbor is, is one of the most unique prospects of all time, where he almost prefers track and field to football, which is why he never would have been a good fit at Alabama, let's be honest. I mean, Alabama wants football-obsessed guys or, or who fit in best at Alabama. Harbor loves track and field first and foremost. Uh, second, he's so inclined academically. His dad is a literal rocket scientist. His dad literally is a scientist that works for NASA. And Nicholas has inherited his father's brains. He's a 4.0 student. He qualifies for basically any academic scholarship out there. He's an league powerhouse act everything else uh what what a unique fantastic kid and uh, i like shane beamer a lot personally uh so i'm happy for shane beamer and south carolina a program that seems to be really ascending uh i think they have to get their nil act together i think that's why they had some highly significant players leave this offseason like jordan birch uh you know because i think they got to get their nil game together but Nicholas Harbor was never going to sign with who everyone thought he should sign with because he's just a, a unique bird uh, when it comes to uh, high-level football prospects. A um, couple other notes. Aeneas Smith from Texas A&M has decided to come back for another year. If you remember, he broke his leg last year, and um, he decided not to enter the draft. Speedy back, very good. So Texas A&M, who hadn't had a lot of good news lately, they get some good news there. Uh, certainly they will. he will be available uh, – against Alabama next year, so that's relevant. And LeBaron Phylon, I've all but gotten 100% confirmation he will not be committing to Alabama. He will be committing to Auburn. Um, so be it. Uh, you know, and, and, but I really think he's a good prospect. And, um, you know, hey, best of luck to him. I love to see in-state guys do well. But uh, it's just one of those things where I think Auburn won this battle. And that's, again, that's okay. Nate Oates is going to get his fair share, and it should be noted that it sounds like Nate Oates is about to get a significant payout, a pay bump, and going to have a significant buyout too. And I'm telling you, I do know this, there have been some, uh, at least some whispers that some other big programs were sniffing around for interest for Nate Oates. And I feel like this is going to help quash that, and, and I love it. Yeah, supposedly as along with it's, 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 it's a two-way, I think what Alabama wanted was a two-way promise here. Uh, we will pay you top dollar uh, but you've also got to agree to a significant buyout, which means that teams that want to come in and hire Nate Oates uh, away from Alabama are going to owe Alabama a gigantic chunk of change, uh, which would aid us in uh, in the search for the for, for the next guy if that happens. So uh, I, I would look for when that contract is announced, uh, the buyout terms will be uh, really interesting. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back. Maybe tomorrow. I don't know if we'll be back tomorrow or not. We'll be back probably Saturday by then. It'll be one of those days. Anyway, regardless, we'll be back again. And until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.